0: welcome to deep end theory with myself Valid, and leslie snipes the weekly podcast that brings you the latest in electronic music with interviews and mixes and today we got eric sharp on this week's deep end theory and he's a house producer very familiar with the west coast warehouse scene Uh, currently he has a residency at sound nightclub he's played at coachella outside lands life is beautiful festival amsterdam dance event symbiosis gathering sharps music has also been licensed by likes of Major League Soccer, Sony, CSI Miami, uh, Hitachi, and more. And if his intelligent, sophisticated, somatic sound doesn't catch your attention, then that mustache certainly will. He's here in the studio with us to chat and throw down a guest mix after. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. You have
2: this EP out version 3 with given and understated recordings. It dropped about, what, two weeks ago, mid-April?
1: I think the first week of April, so what? that's three weeks ago. Okay,
2: three weeks ago. Um, so why don't you tell us about it? How did you get hooked up with Understated Recordings? Um, you have a, a decent amount of music with Give in, um and he's part of your RIS, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, how did this EP come about? What do you want people to know about it?
1: Sure, well, this, just to clarify, this is a single, not an EP. I think those terms get uh, thrown around in different ways. Um, so version 3 is just one track um and we had two remixes done of the of the single so um yeah i i guess the the backstory on understated they've been around for i think a little bit over a year and uh they throw some really great events here in la and uh right away like they started throwing these warehouse parties and booking like legit talent at them um you know artists i was excited to see and um so, and they're all, like, really involved in the community and the scene. Um, you know, Fraser's kind of out and about everywhere. I see him around all the time. He was kind of the first one from the crew that I met, I think, at a, at a Mixmag, um, Mixmag Lab streaming event. Uh, him and Zach, who are both founding members of Understated. And then through them, I met uh, Micah, and then later uh, Andrew and Meng Lin, who run the, the label portion of it. So, yeah, it was basically just through meeting those guys. You know, they were super cool. And then... Um, and then DJing at one of their uh, understated events, uh, and then they, you know, asked me for demos. And uh, this track that I had made with Given, who, yeah, I've I've been collaborating with him for a long time. It's really funny. Um, Given is A.K.A. George Cochran is his real name. He's had a bunch of different monikers and aliases over the years. I actually know him from my days in San Francisco, and uh, I think, I think the first or second remix I ever released, uh, he played bass guitar on. Uh, It was kind of like a French house thing with like a live, like funky bass line that he had played. So, yeah, we've been collaborating on music for I I think a decade, something like that. Um, And uh, this particular track was just like uh, inspired by some of the way heady, introspective, kind of deep music that I hear from like the likes of Ame uh, and all the Inner Visions crew, and then like, you know, Matthew Matthew Deere and Ghostly International. Um, You know, it was just like, was, it started off really textural and kind of abstract and, and really moody and sort of dark. And I don't usually write music like that. Usually the stuff I make is like a little more, I don't know, a little more melodic. I mean, the, the end yeah. result of this track, it became pretty melodic, but it didn't start that way. Um, and I kind of hit a stopping point with it where it didn't feel like it was done. I had laid down a bunch of chords and drum programming and, um, and some melodies and stuff um but i didn't really know where to go with it and um when i sent it to george basically just asking for his feedback he just ended up adding a bunch of really amazing sounds and he did a ton of writing on top of the foundation that i had started and so usually in my collaborations i'll sit with people in the studio this one happened just through file sharing I mean, i had had started this idea and he just kind of finished it i mean he you know he added a lot of flourishes that really i think make the track what it is um one of the things i put in the press release that i think was really cool is like there's a bell sound that plays throughout the track and that was george playing his ikea bowl with a spoon
0: <laughs> and
1: uh you know and he he did some really cool i guess vocal chops and made them sound like synths and uh, wrote a bunch of counter melodies to the original melodies i had laid down and, and kind of went ham on the drums and made the bass sound super cool and just like so yeah it was just like it was kind of, a, I guess, a natural collaboration from that perspective and um, and when Understated asked me for demos, I had sent them something else and uh, they shut it down so they didn't like that track. And <laughs> so I was kind of thinking about what to send because they're pretty particular about their aesthetic. yeah, And uh, so I sent them this and didn't necessarily think that they would be into it per se, but they hit me back right away, like from the, the whole crew did and everyone was like, this is great. Let's do this and let's just and i think they initiated the idea of like getting a couple of remixes because the original is so deep it's it's almost like you can start a set with it or play it at sunrise but it's not something that's going to work like on a pack dance floor in a club so we wanted to get remixes to have versions that would work in those settings as well so that's kind of how the the three versions of it three versions of version three that's a mouthful that's how it <laughs> kind of came together how there's the original and, and two remixes
2: yeah we can go ahead and actually play it in the background maybe just talk over it a little bit sure
0: So, how do you feel how the remixes came out
1: i like both of them uh the so basically there was one remix that i sourced uh my friend thomas aka tenova has been a collaborator of mine for a really long time and he used to intern for me when i was running the label arm of the artist collective that i had founded and uh he recently went to toolroom academy And so he's learned from some of the best producers in the world uh, and his production is, it's amazing. And so I offered him the remix and he was really into it. And then Understated wanted someone from their camp to do it. So they, uh, well, Micah, Micah Smith, who is, again, one of the founders and one of the main DJs in Understated, he stepped up and wanted to, to mess around with it, and then he wound up bringing another producer who I love dearly named Modus, so they end up doing a joint remix. So it's cool because like we ended up with these three versions that they're all related, but they're they're each distinct. So like like I said, the original that you're hearing in the background now, uh, that's something that's like, you know, it's pretty abstract and, and deep and moody. And then the 10 Over remix, I'll probably play that in the mix later, that's like like a, a snapshot picture of like the hottest tech house right now like that's yeah. how he produced yeah. his version yep, and, and it, you can really hear like the tool room influence in it he almost made i mean it's almost like its own new track uh obviously like it references the original and he used some of the chords and stuff but he made a ton of production on his own on that and then the the modus and micah smith version i think is like a little more like ethereal sort of desert techno um you know will work in in kind of a different setting I would say like, you know, the Tenova remix is, is more for like the main floors and the main hours and, and kind of the the Modus and Micah Smith remix is a little bit more underground.
2: And then the original is kind of like the chill out.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. Out. Like friends of mine are playing this in their yoga classes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I, we actually have Modus coming on the show in a couple of weeks. Great. And then Micah Smith and the understated crew come on pretty regularly for... Those parties, so our listeners should be familiar with all of them. Cool, uh, so all party of the the same family, I suppose. Um, and then you also have an EP that came out in January, Eric Sharp and Friends. Yeah, um, and you have this track with the French Horn Rebellion. Yeah, and it's a really awesome track. I I hear kind of like Moon Boots a little bit influence there, uh, but also you have these horns that come in, and I, I'm not familiar with the French Horn rebellion but okay. they they actually they're the people that put in the horns or yeah
1: yeah so so french horn rebellion is like robert perlick molinari is i think the founder it's like him and his brother and they do shows as like a live act but he also does productions and so and he normally does all the vocals on french horn rebellion stuff so uh yeah he did the vocals and yeah and played the french horn on it and yes when if you ever go see a french horn rebellion either a live set or a dj set he has this really cool stylized like funky colored french horn that he plays uh and and it, it worked out really well because like the that was a collaboration again happened it's funny the all, both these ones we're talking about happened like remotely he lives in new york city so um yeah definitely that track is definitely influenced on that that moon boots kind of deeper uh melodic but kind of disco sound also i would say a big influence for that is like i'm really into like rufus A.K.A. Rufus Sol in America because of copyright issues, uh, Bob Moses, Flight Facilities. So, um, yeah, I think uh, that was a collaboration that again it was just it was super organic. I had known Robert for a number of years and we'd always talked about collaborating, and I had never quite had the right project for him and and when i i actually collaborated on the instrumentation on that with my friend drew who's a member of the uh, group wild and free uh so we had come up with this kind of really rough idea um and and i thought like this might be a fit for him so i sent it over and he liked it right away and we had kind of come up with a with an idea just for the hook uh and so he took that hook and and sort of ran with it and then wrote verses and and there's this bridge section that was like a little synth heavier than the rest of the track and he just played this really beautiful French horn melody over it and I was like, that's a winner. And it, it makes sense to me too, because like if I'm gonna feature French horn rebellion on the track, uh, loved having the French horn on it. But you know, they are very successful, uh, very accomplished, uh, extremely talented musicians. Probably you just haven't heard from them because they're based in Brooklyn, but um, he does play here fairly regularly. I would say two or three times a year. Either he'll do live shows at like the bootleg theater or he'll do DJ sets on the you know, standard rooftop or something like that and you know, Both are great ways to see them and experience their music and they're really easy to find on SoundCloud and Spotify and all things like that They they get tons of streams and playlists and hype machine number ones and all that happy stuff that we all aspire (laughs) towards as artists
2: yeah, it was great. The, I, I wasn't expecting the horn, and when it came in, I was like, ooh, yeah, that's the, <laughs> it's like the icing, you know?
1: It's good to have an element surprise in productions, I think, sometimes. Like, I, I I have a collaborator named DJ Fame who taught me a lot about production. He used to say that dance music's really about, like, creating a moment. And I think that's one of the places in that track where when that horn comes in, it just creates a sort of moment where it's like an unexpected turn, but it really sits in really well, and, and it works, and it kind of takes your brain somewhere else. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, and then the three other tracks of that EP, they're all with uh, Zhao.
1: Yeah, you said it correctly, Zhao.
2: Yeah. Who I think kind of has like a... it's almost kind of sounds like Coldplay a little bit. Like, Interesting. That's what I hear. It's not exactly a Coldplay, but kind of like Coldplay influences.
1: That's really funny. I, I had never thought of it that way. I feel like there's thousands of people trying to sound like Coldplay. And Kenny definitely is, is not. it no <laughs> that's um, what I heard
2: that I, I everyone hears different stuff sure but to me that was the closest I, like vocalist
1: I understand that in the sense that like he tends to sing in a way that's pretty vulnerable and uh, and a little bit delicate so I guess yeah I can see the comparison there um, he has a ton of range though too like that that dude can can falsetto all day like Michael Jackson uh, he has like some really good uh, tenor vocals and like you know it's really cool working with him he's like a uh, he's a musical genius so he you know he'll just like write harmonies and melodies um on the vocal side and you know and he'll he'll instead of like pitch shifting he'll just record like three or four different harmonies like uh, across a pretty wide vocal range um but yeah he's uh he's a lot of fun to work with and he's one that like we always we sit together and it's kind of magic because uh He's sort of super strong in the things that I don't want to say I'm weak in, but I guess I'm, you know, if, if I want to call them weaknesses, um, it's complimentary, Sure. Tr- exactly, exactly. So things that I can rattle off super easily take him a lot longer and then vice versa, things that I have to tinker with and mess with to get to where I want it to be, he can just riff. So, uh, when we work together, we tend to smash out tracks really quickly. Uh, and then I've been really happy with, um, the results of pretty much all of our collaborations. Um, You know, they've all been tracks I've been excited to to release and to to play out in my sets, too.
2: Yeah, it's a great EP. Um, I mean, you've had quite the 2018. uh, uh, The single and the EP are both awesome.
1: Thanks, man. Um,
2: And so you also you started Rocket Science Labs, which is like an artist collective.
1: Yeah. So that was Rocket Science started as an event production company uh, in San Francisco. In the mid-2000s, I started throwing warehouse parties under that moniker and did that for a few years while we still could uh, before the city just got invaded by Facebook millionaires who wanted to buy condominiums and have it quiet at night so they would make noise complaints when we would throw our parties. And uh, Mm -hmm. so that kind of, I mean, I'm sure they're still underground after hours, but we had like a really thriving scene for a while and the cops kind of clamped down on it. Um, but yeah, so it started off just kind of as a, as a, as an event production company an event series, and then, uh, about five years in launched the label side of it, which that's what rocket science laboratories, uh, is slash was. And kind of when I moved to LA had to refocus, retool the original artists I had started it with, uh, had moved on to other things. And so, um, yeah, kind of cemented a new collective of folks here and released music for a few years. It's been a little bit on hiatus. Uh, Whitney Fierce, who's like really involved in that collective, moved to New York. Uh, Sean Patrick, a.k.a. Bystander, uh, moved to Detroit. Wild and Free, who, you know, they're super talented uh, and had a bunch of success, moved on to bigger labels. And uh, with my own music, I felt, like I, I felt like it could reach more people if I had a bigger team behind it. And I started getting opportunities to do that, so uh, it's kind of been on the back burner for me uh, the last I don't know year, year and a half. I've been a lot more focused on just creating original music of my own and uh, and building my own career rather than trying to like, you know, push up a whole collective. Particularly where we're now like scattered in in you know different parts of the country, it's a little bit more difficult to throw events and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it seems like you're pretty strategic about where you take your career, and so since you're taking this hiatus, so to speak. Where do you see your career headed projecting towards?
1: That's always hard to predict. I'm never really sure is that I, how it
0: is for artists usually?
1: who knows I think every artist's path is completely different uh, I, I don't think there's I mean th- sometimes there's roadmaps right like three years ago you could like do a bunch of bootlegs of annoyingly popular tracks and put them on <laughs> SoundCloud and get all the blogs to write about you and then you'd get you know hundreds of thousands yeah, of, was of streams that on was SoundCloud. Blueprint. And then you'd get, you know, a manager who did cocaine with all the bookers and got <laughs> your gigs that way. And then you got an agent and, you know, like happily ever after, then you know you got signed to some cheesy big dance music label that probably didn't know how to market your stuff. And now you're kind of stuck somewhere in between being a legitimate artist and uh, <laughs> making music for major labels who don't understand what you're trying to do. Um, so
2: Sounds pretty accurate. Right, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: So there, there is sometimes a roadmap that works for a while, but the landscape is constantly changing. And so another part of why I stopped really pushing music out on the label is I felt like I couldn't uh, necessarily continue to offer what I thought the artist needed slash deserved. Um, I think Spotify has really changed the landscape tremendously. And the ability to get your music playlisted is so mission critical for artists yeah. now. And, uh, and I wasn't able to, to kind of crack that on my own. So yeah, I think, I think that's changed things a lot. So as of right now, I'm really happy that my music has started getting a bunch of traction on that platform. Uh, that means a lot to me. And the, the other thing that was sort of annoying about SoundCloud is, uh, that was always really easy to fake. Uh, there are tons of people that have like, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of fake followers and fake streams, which is so obnoxious to me. Like one of the, one of the things about, that bothers me about the industry is like I get that we don't want to take risks and that data is helpful, but when it can be faked so easily, it just, it just, there comes a point where it doesn't make sense. If someone has 30,000 fake Instagram followers, not one of those Instagram followers is going to show up if you book them at a show. So um, I think people need to have a more sophisticated understanding of how social media and any stats driven things work. But I think, It seems to me that Spotify is really on top of rooting out and getting rid of fake streams because they pay out per stream, so it's definitely not in their interest to pay for streams that don't exist, Uh, so I think because of that uh, motivation uh, and incentive, they're really good at rooting that stuff out. So, you know, having my songs putting up strong stats on Spotify uh, is super exciting for me because those are like, to me, very legitimate and real. And are those that means it's reaching real people uh, who can then convert and become fans of my music. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I guess if I, if I had a hope, it would be to continue building traction online and, uh, you know, certainly would love to be on the road touring. That's been a goal of mine for years and it just kind of hasn't come together, which, you know, um, not for lack of effort, just, uh, you know, I don't really have my head around what distinguishes, like who gets those opportunities and who doesn't. Um, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I guess for me, I just try to keep working hard, um, hustling, marketing myself, as well as I can, uh, reaching more and more people with my music and, uh, you know, hope that if I build a, you know, a big enough wave that, um, you know, I'll, I'll get, and I've had, like, you know, you mentioned at the top of the show, I've had opportunities that, you know, are dream opportunities. So yeah, I've not, not, it's not to say that, like, I haven't had those opportunities. I do get booked out of town some, but I would love to be on the level of, like, you know, some of my friends, like you mentioned Moon Boots, he's a good buddy of mine. And, you know, he, he plays out constantly. And, like, you know, I would love to be in that loop, you know, kind of playing out of town two, three, four days a week. Um, And, you know, and then just like writing, you know, the other couple of days or, you know, that that would be ideal for me. Um, But I think it all comes back to the music. It all comes back to the traction. And um, so, yeah, I I just uh, I have a lot of music that's not released yet. And it's just kind of strategizing, like you said, the right way to put it out in a way that makes sense and, you know, and maximizes those songs. Um, So I'll certainly be putting more material out this year. Um, trying to get my head around what to put out. I, I'd like to put something out during the summer. So trying to figure out what that's going to be. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, like uh, I'm always big on continuing to be loyal to the relationships that are, are putting me on and continuing to build them. So, uh, you know, like you mentioned Sound Nightclub at the top too. And uh, that's been a relationship here in LA that's been amazing for me. Uh, I mean, just like the artists that I've gotten to share the stage with there, is, I mean, they're just, a lot of them are literally my favorite artists and inspirations. Uh, last week, I opened for Kidnap, formerly Kidnap Kid. That's the second time I've played with him there. Uh, I've shared the stage with Pete Tong, Disclosure, um, Felix the Housecat, uh, just yeah, Moon Boots as well, Viceroy, Roy, um, Jonas Rasman, just like so many artists that are massive influences for my music and who I'm genuinely a fan of their DJing. So that's like such a great opportunity because I get to, I mean, a lot of these guys I knew already, but... I get to know them better, they, you know, I get to, to share a moment with them, and uh, yeah, and I get to be exposed to their fans too, so it's like, I've had the opportunity to build a pretty good fan base, which, um, that's another aspect of like growing an artist's career that's super important, like, if you want to do live shows, your value to a venue or a promoter is like, how many people are going to come see you? Um, you know, you can be the most talented person in the world, but if no one knows who you are, and no one's going to come see you, you're, you're not worth a lot to that yeah. promoter, so um yeah, so it's helped me to kind of to build a draw here. And, you know, Sound just booked me at an official, like, Coachella-produced pool party um, two weeks ago. You know, So I got to go out to the desert for that. So, uh, you know, definitely hope to continue to build that relationship. And then there's some other some other shows in the works over summer that should be super cool that I can't announce yet. But, um, yeah, and summer's always, like, a busy time of year for me for gigs because um, we have so many, like, pools and rooftops and stuff here in L.A., um, so I tend to, I think I write more music in the winter and then gig more in the summer, like uh, by and large, as a rule of thumb.
2: Yeah, and, and so going back a little bit, mm-hmm. would you ever consider, you know, you mentioned Moonboost, he's a good friend. Would you ever consider, like, signing to a label like Anjuna Deep? Is
1: I would love to. Of... I've sent them demos. Uh, they didn't pick anything up. So, um, yeah, I mean, Anjuna Deep is great. I love the music they release. They're definitely, uh, I think, on, on one of the leading edges of, like, what I would call the sort of, deep melodic house movement that um, you know that's, that's definitely has some legs. I remember when I first saw Yodo play here, it was on a Thursday night and I I didn't think it would be that big a party because I, I just I only know him from some of the remixes he's done and his music's definitely, you know, melodic and fairly it's just a little heady like i think you need to really be a kind of dance music to yeah. get into it yeah and it was slammed i don't think it was quite sold out but it was a thursday night it's sound and it was like a really like deep crowd there and juno fam yeah exactly so it's like just there there are labels like and juno deep that they're just a, the label itself is powerful and just being yeah. on that so yeah i mean that would be amazing um that right opportunity hasn't presented itself and so uh, you know, and I've been working with a local label called Little Assembly, which, which I'm pretty happy with too. They don't have that kind of cachet; they're pretty new, um, but they are super professional. They work really hard to market the stuff. Um, they put resources behind the the publicity, and they've you know done a really great job of helping me get some of those featured Spotify playlists, which are so important. and uh, And they also have a pretty big uh, sync department. Which, if you don't know what sync is, that's like. Uh, pushing music to media for placements in TV, film, commercial um, things like that. And that's like that can be a very lucrative.
2: Is that how the CSI made No,
1: that happened. That, that was literally <laughs> the first track I ever put out. Um, oh, my God. That oh, happened wow. via my distributor. Um, the the RIS Labs is distributed in Grooves. Um, which used to be just a small niche dance music distributor and they've grown like now they distribute a bunch of universals music, but, um, yeah, they, like I was friends with the guy who did all their pitching and, uh, it was super random. I think the track had been out for like two months and he's like, Hey, I got a placement for you. And I didn't even really <laughs> know what that meant. And he sent over like a bunch of paperwork and uh, like, I, you know, I don't really watch TV. And he was like, yeah, Miami is like a really popular show. I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been happenstance. Um. So they haven't. They haven't. Um, I haven't gotten like a big marquee sync from them yet. But I have faith that you know, like, if I keep releasing music with them, slash, even the catalog they already have in mind, that I, you know, I know the right opportunity will come up, um, and some of the, you know, we'll, we'll get some cool placements for it too, uh, which is great because syncs, um, you know, they they, it's it's a good revenue vehicle, and also it exposes your music to like a whole new crowd of people, you know, and and there's definitely people who like. You know they'll be watching one of their favorite shows and some song will come on and they'll be like oh what is this and they'll pop out their shazam and then all of a sudden they're you know I, to be honest artists.
2: i've done that before like yeah. i hear yeah. the track on tv i'm like yeah. what is that i need to know what song that is." yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, awesome man i mean i feel like i got a full-on education right now <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> Ins and out of the like, industry yeah, yeah seriously yeah, i see your angles nervous. man you, you you're very strategic in your thinking and how you uh That's good. approach this thing it's- it's kind of how we kind of start. We, we, we try to like suss out these details and like angles and we're just so new at it. We're, we're always hungry for this kind of information.
1: And right on. Well, yeah, I guess if there's any artists listening to this, they're probably getting some good information. Why we have yeah, there a, are yeah. a lot of college kids
2: that are trying to do the same yeah. thing.
1: Everybody else is probably bored out of their trees. But, um, <laughs> you know, the other thing, it's, that's a challenge. it's like it's always a moving goalpost. Like I said, I mean, it used to be, you know, at one point. If you had tons of facebook likes like yeah. then you were gonna make it and then they then it became SoundCloud streams and now i think you know i think spotify streams are like probably yeah. the most important metric at this point people still look at the other social stats but they people are now aware like how easy it is to game those numbers and you know how easy it is to fake so i think uh yeah i think these more closed platforms um that represent actual music fans that are listening to music are becoming more and more important which i'm happy about
0: yeah i wholeheartedly agree all right, so we're going to head into a new section of, uh, of the interview. So we're going to start doing uh, rapid fire sections. Sweet. 30 seconds. Hot seat. All right. Yeah. You got the clock ready, Mark? All right. Go. You're going out. What's your go to spot? Sound. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Dream B2B.
2: Back to back, for those of you
0: unaware.
1: Yeah, Green Velvet.
0: Record Box, Tractor Serato. Record Box. What's your favorite meal? A hot dog is or isn't a sandwich? Can be. What does it depend on?
1: Whether it's inside of bread or not.
0: What's the one thing you can't live without? Air. (laughs) What genre of music do you relax to?
1: Chill out, ambient. Like Moby, Apex Twin type stuff.
0: And we're...
2: We're good. We're good. Um... And so Eric is Those out. weren't
1: like challenging. I was waiting for like some weird. Some
2: super heavy. Yeah, or like that, or like, you know, some embarrassing
1: sexual escapade. Like <laughs> something, you know, something that would be like I'd sweat over. That's a hot seat. And we got to sp- step it up. <laughs> then. Some kind of hot takes, you know, something that's going to yeah. you know, go viral for you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Eric is going to bless us with a live mix for the rest of the show and sit back and enjoy the sounds of Eric Sharp. Thank you for coming on the show, and then we'll talk after the mix as well.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Oh my.
0: Hands entwined Guess we'll never know We'll never know
2: Time moves on The chance was ours But we'll never know
1: I can see it. Oh. There's no black, there's no white. We, we all one. One, one, one,
2: one They let like me up for 48 hours, 48. <laughs>